All right. Fun night to be had here tonight. Here on After Hours, 610 Sports Radio. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, Ron Cobb, everybody there uh, from Arrowhead Pride for joining us tonight, doing that show as it's AFC Championship Week. This is where it amps up. This is where we expect it to be at the beginning of the year. Whether you believe me or not, you can go back and check the tapes. Uh, all the downloads are there uh, here on 610 Sports Radio. Tonight, Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of Go Power Cat on 247 Sports. He'll join us, talk a little K-State, plus the big 12 SEC battle that is Saturday. Or what I consider the... The shot to tie you over before the games on Sunday. Because, I mean, I figure now you're probably getting a little juiced up. Tomorrow's Thursday. You get even more excited. Friday's the last day of practice. And then Saturday, what do you do? I'm lost. Well, Tim Fitzgerald and Jed Marshall and I will get you set up for that as <clears throat> that will be an interesting day of basketball in the Big 12 SEC champ or matchup there. But tonight, strictly other than that, it's championship week talk. This is where the season gets juicy. This is where everybody seems to, to kind of like to get going in the season. This is where the Chiefs expect to be every year. Again, a lot of people consider this to be a, you know, a, a rebuild type of year, which is hilarious to me. I think that's, uh, it's funny to call it that. I'm not really sure why. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Um, and... I think it's interesting when you look at where the Chiefs are at currently and where Cincinnati's at currently. It is one versus two. It is hero versus villain. It is good guy versus bad guy. It all kicks off on Sunday at 5:30. Yes, I think the Niners and Eagles matchup is great. I think that's, you know, I think that's something that can be fun to watch. Um, I think that's something that's great, but there's a lot of fuel to be had entering this game. And I think one of them. Um, if I can get this to play, is just obviously the quote that we heard that went viral after the Bills lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll see y'all in Burrow Head. Yeah, baby. Hey, hey, we'll see y'all in Burrow Head. Burrow Head. That's where we're at, right? That's the, that was the first piece of the pie, right? This is where Cincinnati has started this, NF, or this AFC Championship week at. I didn't think we were going to get that big of a piece. Hell, this might be three-fourths of the pie. And Cincinnati is clearly carrying the confidence, the swagger, the record, the knowledge of what they currently own. We cannot disown that the, that the Chiefs have been unsuccessful against Cincinnati. But again, I think the attitude is a tad bit egregious, but I'm here for it. I like the fact that somebody is trying to get it out of you, right? Here's a guy or here's a team that is going to consistently poke at the bear. It was the chiefs that kind of did it the last time. And what I want, what I want Cincinnati to know and what I hope they realize they are, they're figuring out what they're, what they're getting to know here is that the dog won't bark if you don't lurk about. If you don't go around the fence that the dog owns on the property, it's not going to bark at you. But if you get close enough, it's going to bark. And if you get into the territory, it's going to bite. And right now, the Chiefs are doing a really, really good job at what I would consider reverse psychology. We've all got that friend that's kind of good at that, right? That can really say things and everybody's like, don't say that. And then at the end of the game, it's 
Told you. I was just trying to reverse the juju. I like that the Chiefs are doing that. And if anything, what Cincinnati's doing, if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're sitting back and watching all of this, it is only Wednesday and we have this much content from one team who was doing this before they even got here. And I think what's interesting that Cincinnati does is that they took it so to heart when Justin Reed was smack-talking against Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Hurst and all these guys for Cincinnati. And then doubled down again to say what he truly believed. And Andy Reid was just kind of like, hey, we're, we don't do that. We're not going to do that. Let's not do that. And you look at this week. This was the first day of media availability. Many more players able to talk. It's a big week. You know, the winner only goes to the biggest game of the year in the NFL. And I think the craziest thing about this game is that if anything, the Bengals might be awaking a sleeping giant. What I mean by that is that teams like the Chiefs get judged by how they win. And so do the Bengals, and so do the Bills. And when you look at the Bengals, the way they beat the Bills in that game on Sunday, with the snow, with Joe Burrow, cool, calm, collected, and you see how he did that, it gave the Bengals a little bit more amp and juice from a national perspective because the Bengals went on the road and beat a team and it wasn't really even close. And so when you add that to the game and you add what Cincinnati's doing and we go back in time to remember that Patrick Mahomes had probably the worst performance he's ever had in that second half against Cincinnati where it just didn't go right. Things just didn't seem normal. Right, The first half, it was like everybody put their feet up on the ottoman. Everybody sat back and said to themselves, this is the greatest player in the world when it comes to the NFL, referring to Patrick Mahomes. He did anything he wanted to do. We know how the end of the half went. They didn't get the points. They didn't get the play design that they wanted. Tyreek Hill was stopped short of the goal line. This game, they don't have Tyreek Hill. But this game, they bring in the number one offense. This game, they bring in quiet players. They bring in a team that has done this dance before, that has been told several times by opposing teams in their division that they're not liked, that they don't, they don't respect them, that drove around their stadium, that danced in the middle of their stadium, on their field. We've seen this happen before, and we've seen what's happened to those teams. Cincinnati's really not brought this kind of smoke. And where I wrap this up to open the show tonight is I hope you remember when I talk about how Patrick Mahomes has the same bloodline as some of the greats that cut your throat out. Now, I don't know if he is Dalton from Roadhouse where he does literally rip a man's throat out. I'm willing to see if it happens. But when we went back and we watched the last dance and there was a lot of comparisons about how Michael Jordan had this tenaciousness attitude or this tenacious attitude towards things that he didn't like that were said or done or out of his control that clearly weren't what he thought was the right answer. And when you look at these things happen and you see it called Burrowhead, 
And you remember what happens when guys even got drafted ahead of Mahomes and he went and played those teams, he counted. When guys drafted guys ahead of him, he went and looked at their sideline and he shrugged. When people tried to say that Justin Herbert was, in fact, Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite, he beat them in overtime, stared directly onto their sideline, pointed at his jersey, pointed to the field, and said, this is my place. This is where I stand. And now you have Cincinnati doing that. And I like the fact that they're just sitting back and soaking it all in. Now, do I think that they'll put these videos on everybody's phone on Sunday before the kick comes happening? I don't know if they're that petty about it. But if you want to piss off Mahomes, which has been done, if you want to piss off Andy Reid, who seems like the most likable, nice guy in the league, I would suggest that if you do, tread lightly to steal a line from Walter White and Breaking Bad. If you truly don't know what you are doing and you don't know what you're getting yourself into, I suggest you tread lightly. Because these guys can be a silent assassin. Patrick Mahomes can be that guy who that when the game starts and the Chiefs take all of this energy, and again, I can't predict the future, I can try to suggest what I think can happen based on past events. I would assume that every day that they continue to do this, and I'm interested to see how Zach Taylor handles this because it's not often that, that, that people will zone in like this to a team like Kansas City. But again, Cincinnati has earned it, to be fair to end this argument. Cincinnati has earned it. They're 3-0 against you. They've never lost in these teams' reign. They beat you last year in this stadium, in this game, to go to the Super Bowl. And now you get the rematch. But remember, tread lightly. Dan and KCK, I'll let you wrap up this segment. Go ahead. You're on the air, Dan. Hey, Dusty, how you doing? Yeah, the Bagels are talking too much. And I, uh, uh, if you heard by now, Mike Hilton called uh, Arrowhead, Burrowhead. So that's going to even fire the Chiefs up more. And I'm fired up right now. I wish the game was tonight. Let's go. Let's dominate. Let's get Chris Jones and Frank Clark on his sack fest. Take care of yourself, Dusty. They fired us up. They really fired me up. Take care, Dusty. We got Dan ready to go. We got Dan juiced up. It's 7-Eleven. It's 7-Eleven on a, on a Wednesday night. And we're just getting started. Take a seat, folks. This is the best week when it comes to this game. I said this past weekend was the best weekend for football. This is the best week when it comes to these two teams because they have started something. I'm not quite sure they know how to finish. But when we come back, Vegas is giving us all the attention we need to see how they think this game's going. You finally feel back in your element, you know, tune wise. I feel like black. I feel like Black Betty, uh, Kid Rock, um, and and maybe Gun- uh, no. We know we know we know that the Stones are okay with you, but I feel like Ram Some Jam and yeah. I think those guys probably aren't in your in your shuffled playlist of a hundred. No, not not generally. But <laughs> no, it was all right. I at least know what's going on. I know that people are fired up for the Chiefs game, but yeah, this is a little bit more my speed. Yeah, I did that Saturday. I did a show and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna go stadium anthem. Because like 
I never we talked about how Lil John, like I didn't understand how he was the performer. Do we know who the performer is yet at halftime of this game? I don't. I did see that Babyface is performing at the uh Super Bowl halftime. Again, getting back to kind of the conversation we yeah. had. Babyface? Like why? Last time that he was relevant. I don't I mean, maybe I had a baby face. The May- last time he probably. Was you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I know I didn't have this beard. I was definitely bare on the cheeks. By the way, if I do shave my beard, I look 12. I go from like 35 to 15 really fast. I've noticed that as well because yeah. I, have, I have the gray in my beard and mm-hmm. it's giant and bushy. Mark that for future use. But when I go into a quick trip or wherever mm-hmm. to buy my cigs, yeah. if I shave the beard, always get ID'd in spite of the fact that I'm like, I'm nearly 40. Yeah, I'll get carded for like a king-size Reese's. <laughs> That's yeah, like... That's how young I look. I mean, it's not. A, Sir, it's, did your mom give you money for yeah. this or what's? I'll what's sell you the at? two, but four cups. Ugh, I don't know if you're old enough. I'm like, man, I'm 35. Yeah, well, that's a fake ID. Uh, Jed Marshall, Dusty Leggett's with you here on After Hours. I want to talk a little bit about this. Who's with me here? Tonight, I put 50 bucks on DraftKings for the Chiefs to just win outright money line. That's what we did tonight. 50 bucks to win 100. The money line tonight was minus one, or it was plus 100 for the Chiefs. That line is going to continue to move. Vegas has let us know 913 586 7610. If you want to, feel free. From the 913, Dan is on fire. My buddy Mike even said, I want to party with Dan. Dan brought it tonight. 913 586 7610. If you want to bring it, just bring it. We'll let you. Because this week is, a, is, is very tense. It's very tense. I can hear people among the chatter. Chiefs talk is everywhere, from quick trip to restaurants to, to even at the bank. I got my window down. A guy's got his radio on just listening to Carrington. I'm like, all right, for one, way to support. Two, um, yeah, you're here. Uh, your flagship, flagship station for the Chiefs. Uh, you can hear pregame starting at 2 o'clock. By the way, myself, Rob Britton, Nick Schwartz, and Grant Nicholson will all be on from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sunday. So all the smoke you want, we're going to have it for you. But Vegas is starting to give us an idea of how people are starting to think about this game. And quite honestly, I think Vegas is, for the first time in my life, um, kind of had the same emotional roller coaster that I've had. Normally, Vegas could give a rip. Uh, about how you feel or what you think is right or what you think is fair. And Vegas has really kind of, man, I don't know, they've just really kind of shown what they think is going to happen based on one person, that one person obviously being one Patrick Mahomes. So the Chiefs line opened up after the Bills and Cincinnati game finished last week on Sunday. It opened up as like, I believe, minus three Kansas City. And it would have appeared that everyone was hammering the Bengals. Everyone saw that the um, you know Bengals had handled Buffalo. They had really made Buffalo look childish in their stadium. You know, in the snow, on the road, Burrow looked great. Then you threw in that Patrick Mahomes was was not a full participant in that game. Chad Henney had to come in, lead the team down ninety eight yards, which was great. Then when Patrick Mahomes came back in, he, he threw a one-legged touchdown. That wasn't enough for Vegas to go away. So they went minus three Chiefs. Then almost immediately, it starts going the other way. 
And it got to at least yesterday at one point, it was plus two and a half Cincinnati. And that's when my eyes opened up. That's when I really wanted to hammer the money line. So I did. But I didn't get it at two and a half. Because, of course, I knew this was going to happen. The minute Mahomes hit the practice field, the line switches. And now it's at Cincinnati plus one. Now it's kind of like, we don't know who's going to win. Kind of like everybody around. And I've kind of been like a PI going around just asking random people. What do you think is going to happen Sunday in the AFC Championship game? And it's been a mixed bowl of predictions. Well, they haven't beat them yet. Prove it. I don't know if they can. Oh, I'm not taking the Chiefs as underdogs at home. I'm not going against that. I think that they win. And if you want to get behind this, because I think that my futures bets are a little bit easier to predict than my every night bets. Like tonight, I need James Harden, Kyrie Irving to score 30 points each and the Philadelphia 76ers to just win. Does it happen? Most likely not. Although Kyrie and James Harden are doing pretty well in the first quarter. But I don't want to jinx anything. But I told you that the Chiefs were going to be exactly where they're at on Sunday back in July. I said, put money on Mahomes to win the MVP. So did a lot of people, but I still said it too. So it helps in this argument. And Mahomes is probably more than likely going to win the MVP. Cincinnati's having a lot of fun speaking towards the Chiefs in a disrespectful manner. Go put 50 bucks on the money line. Go bet with the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is 7-1-1 against the spread. He's an underdog at home, and to me, that logic seems empty-headed. That doesn't seem like something that is logical when you say it out loud. I understand the Bengals are 3-0. That's fine. I understand that Zach Taylor is not afraid of Andy Reid. That's fine. I understand that Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Eli Apple, they're all about it. I'm glad they are. They should be. But, man, this is different. There's a lot on the resume here. Let's go to Ty. Go ahead, Ty. You're on the line. Hey, those Bengals want to trash talk us, Kansas City Mm. Chiefs. I just want to say this. When it's all said and done with, it ain't going to be Joe Burr anymore. It's going to be Joe Dunn. Eli Apple is going to get burnt like toast when Kadarius Tony comes against them and our offensive line against their defensive line. They're going to smash them like I like my steak burgers or Freddy's. Mm. Thanks for the phone call, Ty. Also, if you go to Freddy's, chili cheese fries, no onions, side of jalapeno fry sauce. Insane. I used to eat that in college at like 427. You're such a Fat ass. Yeah. I wanted to call I didn't you know something what, I know. I, you almost had to hit the dump button. <laughs> no, I've never had to dump myself on uh, the air. But oh, I, I think it's interesting that yeah. the caller pointed out that Kadarius Tony is going to be the guy who apparently blows up for this Chiefs offense. Not Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Kadarius Tony. I think I, I, I feel like I can defend the caller because I feel like kind of like Mahomes and Kansas City and Andy Reid, I think we take Travis Kelsey for granted. Like, I didn't think that he'd go off for 14. But if he does go off for 14 catches again in this game, good luck. So I thought Rob Brenton made a good point today on the drive when he said, Travis Kelsey's kind of one of those players like a LeBron, like a, you know, like a Steph Curry where you're like, 
let him have his blank amount of points and then just don't let anybody else beat you. But if they have theirs and some more, then what? Also, Travis Kelsey, I mean, you got to think that guy wants some some smoke, right? He knows what happened last time they played. It kind of felt like it was his fault the team faltered. The ball was stripped from his grip. Cincinnati went down and scored what would possibly be the, the game-winning touchdown. And the Chiefs lose. And it didn't go the way they wanted it to go. So when you act and hear these types of things from Cincinnati, just know that guys like Travis Kelsey are up a notch. Guys like Patrick Mahomes are up a notch. And we don't quite honestly know how wild they can get when they're extremely pissed off. But, man, I'm here for it. I think Cincinnati can do exactly what they're doing. That's totally fine. But Vegas is is a lot like us. Oh, Chiefs at home, clearly the favorite. Oh, wait, Mahomes' ankle's injured. Everybody's taking Cincinnati. Maybe we should, maybe we should, you know, regress a little bit. Oh, now it's plus two and a half Cincinnati. That ankle might be worrisome. Eh. Now Patrick Mahomes practices and it's plus one Cincinnati. Derek, go ahead. You can end up this segment on the air on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, I just feel like as a Chiefs fan, mm-hmm. I- I'm tired of the Bengals. I- I'm fed up with them. First, you take one of my free agents that I'm trying to get through, you know, the practice squad and everything, and you're holding up one of my braids. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. You're holding up one of my braids. I'm the Chiefs. So I got to go get my braids back. So I need to go on and let you let these little kitty cats come on up in here, go on and scrap you up in this teepee that y'all want to call Burrowhead. <clears throat> Crazy. It's getting ready to we about to put the arrow back in Arrowhead. Hashtag helps for sale come Monday. That's a great phone call. Cats. Lifting the braid. I like that. I love this. I I advocate more because Danny Parkins taught me this, that there should be a lot more hate in sports and more love in the world. You don't get much better than this when it comes to hate. This is the type of wrestling promos you get one versus one. Rock versus Stone Cold, right? Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, yada, yada, yada. Buckle up, man. This one isn't for the faint of the heart. Um... I used to think this team was the Chiefs' rival. Now I know it's this one. Coming up next on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Nugget from Nate Taylor today on Twitter. Nate Taylor, you can always hear on Fridays from 4 to 5 with Carrington Harrison of The Drive. He said, Patrick Mahomes said the toughest injury in his NFL career was playing through the turf toe in his left foot. He confirmed Andy Reid's point Monday that the ankle injury that is similar to what happened in 2019 that he had on opening day against the Jaguars as well. So, um, pretty interesting, right? Because we remember we heard the numbers all week that 
that after he had suffered that ankle injury, uh, he just completely went off. Pete alluded to that tonight. He played against the Oakland Raiders at the time, who still had the baseball stadium uh, in the dirt infield on the middle of a football field. And Patrick Holmes was still fine to go out there and just absolutely shred it up. What was it, like four touchdowns, 400-plus yards? So, you know, it's it's just one of those things, man, where different breed. Um, but I did get something wrong this year, something very, very, very wrong. And I am one of those people that admits when I am wrong, always. It's better to do. And that was, I thought, that the Buffalo Bills were the Kansas City Chiefs rival. I also thought that the AFC Championship game would be played in Buffalo against Kansas City. It is not. It is being played in Kansas City versus Cincinnati, and it is clearly obvious that the Cincinnati Bengals are the Chiefs' number one rivalry. Now, I've also been one of those persons that has said that you got to have somewhat of a competitive feel if you're going to consider it a rivalry, right? You couldn't consider Vegas versus the Chiefs a rivalry because they don't really beat the Chiefs anymore. So that doesn't really make sense. Denver, Kansas City to me right now isn't really a rivalry because they don't really beat the Chiefs. They haven't since Barack Obama was president of the United States. And I'm not really sure we can consider the Chargers a legit rivalry for the Kansas City Chiefs. And what I mean by this is that you've got to win some games. Now, there are some notes that we can add to this that kind of butter up the rivalry that is Kansas City-Cincinnati that I do think and I do truly believe that is the Chiefs' number one rival. Burrow versus Mahomes has all of the stink all over it to make it the nasty rivalry that it is. And when you look at what these two do, they both do it very, very well. Like you have clowns like Dan Orlovsky going on national television saying that Burrow's the best quarterback, but Mahomes is the best player. I don't honestly know what that means. And he tried to describe it, and people tried to defend it that like Orlovsky, which is fine, but the guy puts cucumbers in his taco meat. And not the taco meat that I mean like the chest hair, which is what I call it, but it, like legit his tacos he puts cucumbers in. So what he says, I'll put on the back burner. But Burrow versus Mahomes is that smoke of a rivalry that causes the team versus team rivalry to work even more. More so for why this works is that Cincinnati is not afraid to poke the bear. Cincinnati doesn't care if what they say affects the fan base, knowing that this fan base will show up Sunday at 530 louder than a jet engine. Cincinnati doesn't care about that. They're going to do it no matter what because they have the resume. They have the receipts. And this type of matchup feels a lot like New England versus Indianapolis in the early 2000s. Brady versus Manning. That if you were a fan of New England or a fan of Indianapolis, you didn't like the other team because they were playing your team. But if you were someone with an unbiased opinion, you liked one over the other because of what you felt. 
And a lot of us, myself included, found ourselves rooting for Peyton Manning because we just liked the quiet lead, the non-cheating mentality that was the Indianapolis Colts. Peyton Manning was a likable guy. He was funny secretly, like when he went on Saturday Night Live. Tom Brady, notorious cheater. Notoriously known to be a little bit odd. Didn't like him because he always won. And this kind of feels like that. Now, granted, Joe Burrow has never won an MVP. He's never won a Super Bowl. He's never won a Super Bowl MVP. He hasn't won his division five consecutive years, and he hasn't played in five consecutive AFC championships. So some people need to chill when they want to say that maybe Burrow's better than Mahomes. Yes, Burrow has never lost to Patrick Mahomes, but Burrow has not accomplished half of what Patrick Mahomes has done, which also builds into this number one rivalry. And if the Chiefs can win this game and they can do it in a reverse type of psychology fashion, you know, stay quiet all week, and then when you're winning towards the end, then you start to get a little bit chippy, that will cause more blood to the pool that is this nasty, bitter rivalry that is building and building and building day by day season by season. And another reason why this is starting to become, to me, the number one rivalry in the NFL is that this game will not be for the faint-hearted. This game will not be for the weak-minded or the people that don't like tense games. This is what we like to call, in my terms, a cigarette game, where after you watch it, you go find a patio and some silence and you strike up a Bic lighter, and you light that cig because you're exhausted. You don't know what you just went through. And when you're done with it, you don't need anything else but a cigarette. And I also like this for the future. This has a lot of legs going forward. The only issue that we currently have is that their quarterback is still playing on a rookie contract. They haven't had to make some of the tough business decisions that the Chiefs have made and been successful with. They haven't had to draft rookies and try to hope that it works, that by the end of the season, they're seasoned and are ready to go. Like this year, that was supposed to be the rebuild. That was supposed to be the step-back year, and the Chiefs went out and won 13 games, and they're in their fifth consecutive AFC championship game. So we'll see what Cincinnati can do to keep this pure, to keep this full. But when you look at team, when you look at quarterback, when you look at quotes that have been said, this screams the number one rivalry in the NFL and maybe, maybe currently, not all time. I'm not going to have somebody text in and be like, well, Bears, Packers. But this is the Chiefs' number one rival because of all the ingredients that go into the rivalry recipe. Coming up on the other side, I might have been right about one of these futures. The second one I'm kind of worried about. Jed and I will give you what we think is the end of the season awards as the finalists have been selected. Jed Marshall, Dusty Likens, we're with you until 9 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours.
via MacBit Mullen on Twitter for those of you that are on ankle watch like everybody else in the city. Quote, it's doing good. I got a few days of treatment and rehab. I'm excited to get on the practice field and try it out. But it's feeling good so far. That was Patrick Mahomes on his ankle injury today to the press. Um, referring to the high ankle. I'm glad that Beck's back on our side, right? We lost him for a little bit. He got all weirded out in Scientology. Did he? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, he was a big-time Scientologist. Really? Mm-hmm. Back when he won, I believe, Album of the Year. He was uh, he was all in. He's all out now. I, I feel like this is way more interesting to talk about than what we had planned on talking about. Yeah, man, to be he, was, uh, he, was, he was all in on it. And then now he is officially out. Really? I have no is, recollection of that, which mm-hmm. is not surprising. But I do yeah. think it's interesting, The uh, I guess, the breakdown of what certain celebrities go through and mm-hmm. when they reach a certain point of fame where, yeah, like you had mentioned, we just lose them. They're just gone from yep. being people, and hopefully we can get them all back. But, yeah, there are certain people they just don't recover. That's right. I'm glad to hear Beck's back because I really dig his music. Oh, big time, man. Big time. I was, uh, I loved that song because I didn't really, I had never really heard anything quite like that. Like, just with like that voice coming with that sort of tune. I felt like there was probably like a higher voice, but uh, no, it was Bex. It was, uh, it was a good one. And then he came out with that new album that had like Up All Night with You. And then it was like, okay, I don't know if this is like what you want to do, but hopefully not. Um, I also like Mac DeMarco, if you've never heard of that guy pretty awesome he kind of gives me similar back vibes will you put me together a playlist that i no, won't listen you will to? never listen to that's it. why i said i won't listen to it but at least you'll spend two hours putting it together yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah my old man is one of his uh is one of his best songs yeah my buddy turned me on to him and he's uh he's quite interesting it's quite the quite the listen jet it'd be right up your alley but let's uh it's award season for the nfl let's see how right we are and what we think about it Oh, no bad music? Okay. No, I didn't have anything. Sorry, oh, man. Awesome. That's my bad. I know we talked about it during the show, but no. I, <laughs> Way to go. Go ahead. Well, we are where we are. So, Dusty, the uh, NFL award finalists have been announced. I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of uh, people who have been you know, named as finalists and what you think about what is going to happen. Who do you think is going to win offensive MVP of the NFL. Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports put out who he thinks is going to win along with his snubs. The finalists include Bills quarterback Josh Allen, Mm. Joe Burrow, Bengals quarterback, Chiefs quarterback, one Patrick Mahomes the second, Mm -hmm. Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts, and Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I mean, I think Mahomes has locked it up. I think he locked it up whenever they took his name off the uh, actual list because the odds, I think, got to minus 1,600. Obviously, if you want to know more about betting and gambling, you can tune into Alex Gold on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock on that betting show that follows Sean Barber and Dana Hughes with the Players Only Show that begins at 6. So you can hear all that tomorrow night here on 610 Sports Radio. But I think, like, when you look at the MVP voting, I think there's going to be – I don't think it'll be unanimous, even though I think it should be um, – I mean, for God's sakes, Patrick Mahomes lost his best weapon and then brought out the number one offense and and set the individual, like, all-purpose yards from the line of scrimmage beating Drew Brees' record and and did all that. So I think I think the MVP is over. I think it's cute that Josh Allen is still mentioned within the company. Joe Burrow, I think, will get more votes than people probably thought he would get a week ago. Plus, I think people still feel like Jalen Hurts was snubbed. So if there are 50 votes, but yet the AP already voted and said Mahomes was the quarterback or the MVP of the league, 
Um, if there's 50 votes, I could see like Mahomes getting 43, and then there's seven split between Burrow and, and Jalen Hurts. But I think I think Patrick Mahomes is probably the lock. Why do you feel like people will think that Jalen Hurts was snubbed? Because he didn't play a full amount of games, which I think is is. But that goes it, into an right. entire. That's a complete caveat of the yeah. award. Like part of the being you know, like a, a player is your availability. Mm-hmm. And if you're unavailable in certain situations, I don't understand why that would be an unfair shake. You weren't available for your team. Therefore you're going to be knocked by that. Yeah. And I think what's unfair about it is that we get to pick and choose when we want to decide who gets to get, you know, the exception. And it was like, well, you saw them play Gardner Minshew and they lost. But when Jalen Hurts was out there, they won. It's like, okay. But again, he didn't play every game. You know, if if that was the case, then Mike Trout would win the MVP every year in baseball. But he doesn't play full seasons, so guys, unfortunately, have better years than Mike Trout. Mike Trout loses the MVP vote. But we can all agree that Mike Trout is probably the best baseball player on the planet right now, without a doubt. But Mahomes, again, was valuable to his team more than anybody else because they won more games than anybody in the AFC. He lost his number one weapon and still had one of the best years we've ever seen at the position. Offensive player of the year. I know it's a little Mm. bit different than MVP. Your finalists are Mahomes, Hurts, Tyreek Hill, and Justin Jefferson. Who do you think the winner should be and why? I think it should be Justin Jefferson because I think the MVP, until they change it, which, again, everything Mahomes touches, they seem to try to, you know, revamp to do something different. But the MVP is clearly a quarterback's award. So I don't think that Jalen Hurts should get the Again, everyone's going to think I'm a Jalen Hurts hater, but I'm not. I'm just extremely biased in these awards because I have futures bets on them. I think that the offensive player of the year should go to anyone but a quarterback. And I understand that Mahomes had won the offensive player of the year award and the MVP award in the same year in 2018 when he threw for 5,050. And that kind of, you know, I didn't think that he deserved offensive player of the year because he'd already won the MVP. So I think Justin Jefferson deserves it because on that team, he was the best offensive threat. I think that there will be some sort of like, well, Jalen Hurts didn't win the MVP. We're going to pad some votes towards him in the Offensive Player of the Year award. I think Tyree Kill's going to get some votes. I think this will be a lot closer than the MVP numbers. I think you will see Justin Jefferson win this award. I do have a futures bet on him that if he does win this, I do win $300 even cash. Um, so that's nice. I would win almost a total of 600 if he wins that award and Mahomes wins MVP, which, Jed, that's all going towards a new driver, by the way, if I oh, do wow. win that. Yeah, got to do it, man. Um, it was 600 I wasn't expecting to have, so, I mean, might as well up the golf game, right? Or save. Um, but who who has time for that? We're only on this rock for one time around. So uh, I will say I think Justin Jefferson deserves it. I don't like seeing Jalen Hurts' name in it because I think they give him the feel-bad snub of like, oh, you didn't win MVP. People thought maybe you were the most valuable player, but hey, we'll give you offensive player of the year because of, eh. Well, and I think it's an interesting conversation too. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier in the show with Dan Orlovsky, or maybe that was during Arrowhead Pride, but either way, Mm -hmm. talking about how there's a distinction between being the best quarterback and yet being the most valuable player. I, yeah. To me, I don't see that as as the way that it actually lines up. But then again, we can all kind of agree that Dan Orlovsky is a clown. He is. Last one, because we only have about a minute left. Defensive player what of the this? year. <laughs> Finalists, Cowboys, yeah. uh, Micah Parkins, 
Parkins or Parsons? Parsons, excuse go. me. Mm-hmm. I'm tra- trying to do too many things. Mm-hmm. 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa and Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones. Who do you think should win and why? Yeah, I think it's awesome that Chris Jones is on the list. He's not winning it. I think it's great that Micah Parsons was the first half of the season's defensive player of the year, but then he kind of went quiet. Bosa is the clear front winner. Uh, this one won't be close. I think Bosa might win this thing unanimously. Realistically, I really do think so. Uh, that defense is number one in the NFL. It's no secret. He's the reason why that defense does so well. He gets so much pressure. He is that guy. He's the defensive player of the year. And I don't think it's very close at all. I think it's awesome that Chris Jones is on the list. 15 and a half sacks. Go get you like four sacks on Sunday and see if they change their mind about who's the actual defensive player of the year. But I will say this. Chris Jones is probably the best defensive tackle in the league. So I'll give him that for my award. So I think Patrick Holmes MVP. I think Justin Jefferson offensive player of the year. And I think Nick Bosa as Defensive Player of the Year. Coming up a little bit later tonight, we'll have a guest join the show, Tim Fitzgerald of Go Power Cat on 247 Sports. But coming up next, SEC Big 12 Challenge. It's local. It's fun. It's going to get you through the hump between Friday and Sunday in the AFC Championship game. We talk about Mizzou, K-State, Kansas next on After Hours.